Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink listeners did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year and if that's not bad enough most cleaning formulas are 90 percent water which is heavy to ship leading to excessive carbon emissions plus those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia that's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet nobody's trying to have that enter blue land blue land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refill start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Good morning, Tabitha. Good morning. <laughs> Remember that old DJ? Be like, good morning. Oh, yeah. It is seven o'clock in the morning and it's uh, 85 degrees here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you're really good at that. I think that maybe oh, that could have been your calling. It's... um. It's where I'm going next. You know, you can be any age and be on the radio. 
Yeah, I think you fall. You can fall right into that like mm-hmm. corny personality and just roll with it. Okay, I think you could do it. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that is, if this gig doesn't work out, all right, or when it's done, you know, I don't know what the station's called, but KRUX, whatever yeah, it is, WKRP. <laughs> yeah, tabs waiting. <laughs> okay, hit me up. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, anything exciting going on? Oh well, I took six little boys to the Rangers game last night. That sounds fun and also terrifying. I know. Okay, so my son got to pick four friends, and then it was him and his brother that went. Thank the heavens, he picked four of the most calm children that he knows. Right. Yeah. And so it was great, actually. They all just, I felt like they all were just little ducks. They kind of followed me. And then I found one of these charity things that was like $5, spin it to win it. I was like, okay, I could do that. 30 bucks, right? And they all won like a hat. Oh, that's great. It was like score. Sweet. Yeah. So I did that. And then I spent Five hundred thousand dollars on waters. Yeah, that's that. That sounds more like what it would be like to take all those boys to the Rangers game. I almost had a damn heart attack actually because it was five fifty a water, and they don't have any water cups. I asked. I was like, "Do you have water cups anywhere where I could just get these kids water out of like a fountain?" They were like, "No, ma'am, we don't do no. that here." Okay, thanks. Yeah, at that point, you might as well have bought them a Gatorade or something because they need, you're like, stay hydrated. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they (laughs) they each got two drinks. So it was actually a drink minimum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a good, it was a good birthday finale to my son's birthday. So I told him he's not getting a party. That's it. That was, that was it. Next year is the Big Ten. So we'll do something. Grand, okay, not, not grander, but you know, with like more people. Well, you're ending the birthdays, and we're just getting the party started around here because all my three kids' birthdays are all within the same week. One so, of them's today. Actually, two of them are today. Not today. Oh, not yeah, today. when this is airing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got crazy up in here. It was Friday night, and I went to the store, and you know what I did? I bought three giant bottles of soda and two packs of Mentos. That's right. My kids have been like watching those videos on YouTube and they have been bugging me to do that. Oh, yeah. My kids always want to do that. So did you do it? Did it yeah, work out? Did. Yeah, did it, it make a huge mess? Yeah. It's terrible. It's like the worst thing ever. It's like, yes, this is it. This okay. Is so it. you buy like a two liter jug of soda and you put a whole pack of Mentos as fast as you can into the bottle. Yeah. You have to make like a cylinder tube. So they all drop in at the same time yes and, and it then shoots it explodes, up, explodes and it gets sticky soda everywhere and my son tries to drink it while it's getting you know exploding everywhere. yeah yes yeah, so it's terrible it's pretty like over in one minute except for the mess lasts forever but you know what can i say and then my daughter is like oh what else can we do this elephant tooth i'm like don't even think about elephant toothpaste you need that's your mother in your next life. Okay. 
Like, I am like, <laughs> that is not happening. Don't. I, one science project a day is yeah. my max. And really, I think it's like one a week because it's be messy. It's, like, it's actually it like one, so once crazy. a month. Yeah, totally. I know. Uh, my son is all into that elephant toothpaste, too, right now. And I was like, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Ask your teacher. That looks a little scary to me. That looks me. like something they should do on the field. Yes. At the school. Not in my backyard. No. And it looks terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they love they love those YouTube videos. And my son is obsessed right now with Mr. Beast. So if anybody knows him or how I can get like just a video from him saying, what's up, Caden? He's not on Cameo. This guy doesn't need to be on Cameo. Oh, he's touche. he's like he's fancier than Ed from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I think this guy is raking in 60 million dollars a year. Not shitting you. That is so bananas. It's bananas. Uh, yeah. Yep, it is bananas. But I do like him. I think that's one that I'll let my children watch because he's a good guy. But anyways, I am so excited to hear your case oh, yeah. today. Okay, because you're getting spooky already on me, right? That's right. Because on account that it is it is that time of year, you know, we do Halloween early. We can't help ourselves around here. Mm, that's true. So we're I'm recording the spooky podcast early too. Great. So and it's it's fall. It's fall. Start of fall. So you better get your decorations up because That's right. I've already got mine. Okay, let's get it. Okay. Okay, today's story was a listener suggestion from Morgan Elizabeth. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Morgan. It is perfect timing, like I just said, because this story is guaranteed to give you the creeps. And we're kicking off spooky season. Right. So this story begins in 2014, not too long ago. Remember 2014, Tab? Back when Ebola was the COVID and the economy was on the up? Yeah, that was good. Those were good times. Yeah, those were good times, right? (laughs) Still in my 30s. Yeah. Even early 30s. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. Okay, well, the Brodus family bought their dream home in Westfield, New Jersey. The house was built in 1905 and boasted six bedrooms and almost 4,000 square feet on a half acre. Wow, it sounds dreamy, actually. Oh, it is. It's like a Martha Stewart dream home with a gorgeous porch that wraps around and the big colonial columns and, you know, more crown molding than you just know what to do with. Got it. Okay, the absolutely stunning house. And it's in this real coveted neighborhood in Westfield. Okay. It was perfect for Derek and Maria Brodus and their three children. Westfield, New Jersey is population around 30,000. It is home to a lot of New York executives who commute to the city. It's on the list of the 100 wealthiest communities in the U.S. of A., Mm. Its town motto is Westfield, a historic town for modern families, which, you know, kind of translates to it's a bunch of old houses that people have, you know, fixed up and they have a real cute downtown. Okay, Right. I think you would like it. 
I mean, I imagine a lot of tennis happens there, Tab. I can <laughs> I can imagine. Dude, by the way, I played a woman this week who was 81. And I think last week, either on Patreon or a regular episode, I told you I wasn't going to take up golf until I was 80. So I would be good at 90. Remember? Right. And then I played this woman who was 81 tennis still. And I'm like, shit, I just. I think I'm I'm going to be her. Oh, yeah. Still going to be on the tennis court. OK. And she she actually moved more than I thought she would. But she just could place that ball wherever she wanted. Yeah. I love that. You have no shame, though. And it's not like you let her win. You're not going to give that to her. I know. I just couldn't. No, no. <laughs> she doesn't have it in her. <laughs> yeah. I'm too competitive for that. I know. And Which dude, is the, why you'll still be playing when you're 81. I know. And that is also why she is still playing because her partner told me she was a four or five back in her heyday. And I don't think I'll ever get there. So I know she is one competitive B also. All right. Okay. So sorry. Get it, 81-year-old tennis lady. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to Westfield. I get the vibe. It's the kind of place where neighbors probably judge each other by how well their yards are manicured Mm. and they bring them cookies to welcome you to the neighborhood, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really happen in my neighborhood. I got it. It does happen here more. And yeah, I need to wrap my head around doing that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. The so the Broduses bought the house from the Woods family who lived in it for 23 years. It's a long time. Yeah. And there was another family that lived in it before them for 30 years. Wow. Longevity in that house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the Broduses score this beautiful home, but they, you know, they want to throw a couple coats of paint on it and do some renovations before they move in. So three days after closing on the house, Derek is doing some painting by himself at night and decided to take a break, get some fresh air, check the mail. He sees an envelope that says to the new owner in handwriting and inside is a typed letter that reads, Dearest neighbor, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tsk, tsk, tsk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. 
who am I? There are hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am in one. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. Ooh, that is so creepy. Oh my God, are you so impressed with my creepy voice? I mean, I, I did. Hopefully, Damian will edit it out. But if you don't know, I mean, I did fuck up once. But I think I did that pretty good. You did really good. And I want some spooky music behind that also. <laughs> but that is... I don't know what I would do. If what would I you do? No. Well, uh, since I would have been a man because it was the father, I would never tell my wife. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because holy heck. I mean, that is some scary shit. Yeah. I actually, I have a lot of thoughts on how this could have been handled. This was not it. How he did it. What he okay. did. Okay. Okay, so Derek's like alone, and his first thought is like, what the fuck, right? Okay. (laughs) He turns off all the lights in the house so no one could see in, and then he called the police. They're not going to do anything. Well, dude, I disagree with this strategy. First of all, have you seen any horror movie ever? You do not want to be alone in a dark house. (laughs) That is so stupid. I'm like, turn on all the lights. Yeah, right. You know? Totally. Be, walk out in the street. Like, come come out, come out wherever you are, you little shit. You know, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> Something like that. Or well, I say, get in your car and drive to the police station. I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if I would even like take it that seriously. Oh, yeah. They took it serious. Okay. Yeah. And maybe they should have. I mean, we're talking about it now, so I'm I'm expecting that it should have been taken real serious. Okay, let's remember that you said that. Okay. So, um the police showed up and they asked him, you know, do you have any enemies? And he didn't. So, the officer, I mean, like you said, like there's nothing they can do, right? Yeah. The officer helped him, like, secure the house for the night, make sure everything was locked up. And then Derek went back to the home that he hadn't moved out of yet that night where Maria and the kids were. Mm-hmm. When there, he wrote an email to Andrea Woods, the former owner, asking if she knew anything about the Watcher. Yeah, that's you know, a good he idea. Mentioned her. Yeah, she mentioned or the Watcher mentioned her right. in the letter. She wrote him back the next morning and said that, They had never been bothered while they lived there, but she did receive a letter a few days before moving out from someone claiming they had been watching the home for years. And her and her husband thought it was a little weird, but they didn't know what to make of it. And they just thought it was a prank. And so they threw it away. Mm -hmm. She agreed to meet the Brodises at the police station the next day. See, this is, I mean, this is the problem. I think, you know, right away, they're like... This is serious. Extra. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so this Andrea Woods said, sure, I'll tell the police everything I know. The police directed them 
not to mention the letter to anyone, especially the neighbors, because everyone was a suspect now. (laughs) What was weird... a, A suspect of really nothing yet. Right. What was weird was there was never a for sale sign put in front of the house. Okay. Uh huh. Although property sales are public information, but this letter was postmarked a day before it, it was public. Okay. Okay. And they had only had construction workers at that house site for a day. So what do you do? I mean, they could have seen the woods moving out, you know figured it was coming, but it's like, that's crazy because it's somebody in the know, but it's creepy at the same time. It's just a letter. It's your dream home in Westfield. (laughs) Of all places. Of all places. It's on a community, top hundred communities list. Okay. I think you continue with your plans to move in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the Brodises did do. Their plan was there's still a lot of work to be done. So we'll try to get to the bottom of who is trying to creep us out while we work on the house and sort it all out before we move in. Don't you just put a bunch of cameras up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It didn't stop Derek and Maria from going by the house to check on the progress regularly. And if they had to bring the kids with them. They just kept a close eye on them. I am sure they were just going about, you know, with every day that passed, thinking like, you know what, that letter was just some creepy hoax. And then they started to regain excitement about the thought of moving into the home of their dreams. One day, Derek was giving a tour to a couple of neighbors when the woman mentioned, oh, it'll be so nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. Oh, and then he froze. Uh Right. Because that's what the letter said. But still, like, there's nothing he could really do but make a note of it. You know, you're on the top of the list, lady. Another day, the contractor showed up and reported that the sign he had posted in the front yard, like, hey, I'm doing the business or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It had been taken down. But again, that stuff happens. Not much you can do about that. Then two weeks after the first letter arrived, Maria was at the house and she found another letter in the mailbox. Oh, this time it was addressed to them by name. The name was misspelled. Their name is tricky to spell, but close enough. You know, it said, yeah, to the Brodises. So this letter read, welcome again. To your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. I see the girl with the easel on the porch. Is she the artist of the family? By the way, that easel was there. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years since young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? 
Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher. I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and so kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broda's family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. Okay. Okay. Now you're creeped out, right? Now you're like, maybe not. Now I'm not so judgy. Well, I don't like talking about the children. Okay, and the thing about the basement, I think about John Bonet was killed in the basement. They didn't hear it. Yeah. I don't like that. Ugh. Now I think I would be really, really crazy. And I want to get back to the easel thing that the watcher referred to in the letter. This actually was there, right? I mean, yeah. You know, and he actually in that letter, he names all of the children by name. Creepy. Creepy. Right. Okay. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm, I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is, it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. The, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. 
Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. So the easel was on the back porch. and back porch, not even front porch. And it's not visible from the street. And it's not visible from the street. No, no. So it could only be seen by, you know. The backyard neighbor? The adjacent neighbors. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I would not be getting any sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I might sell the house. Yeah. Okay. But the Broduses were still diligently trying to just get answers because they thought it you know it can't be that hard to figure out it's got to be one of these few people since there's such a limited view we got to get that screwing with us we can get to the bottom of this right Mm -hmm. so the letters were postmarked in kearney new jersey which is about 15 miles away They welcomed the opportunity to attend a neighborhood barbecue. After all, it would give them a chance to, like, sniff out everyone in attendance as possible suspects. I mean, that part does sound like fun. Like, there's a crime to be solved. Let's go. Right? Mm -hmm. Maria said in an interview with the New York Times reporter Reeves Weedman that, we kept screaming at our children to stay close at that barbecue. People must have thought we were crazy. Derek got to know one of the neighbors that lived two doors down from him. This man was John Smith, and he told them about the family that lived in between them, the Langfords. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and she had some adult children in their 60s that lived with her. Her husband had died 12 or so years ago. John told Derek the family was odd, but harmless. Well, of course, Derek's spidey sense was piqued and he knew he had to go to the police and tell them this sounds like the watcher, right? You know, mm-hmm. the dad died. They've been there forever. Yeah, this is it. Got him. Well, the police told him, actually, we've already checked them out. And interviewed them and they denied knowing anything because, you know, they're totally going to be like, yeah, oh, oh sorry. Yeah, that's us. I'll, I'll try not to do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop writing those letters. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, the fact is, without any real proof or confession, there just there isn't anything 
that the police can do. Mm -hmm. So according to the New York Times interview, it was this point when Derek said he told the police chief, this is someone who is threatening my kids. And the police were saying, well, probably nothing is going to happen. And he told them, you know, probably isn't good enough for me. So Derek told the cops that if he didn't take care of, if they didn't take care of the situation, then they would have a different kind of case on their hands. Lawsuit. Okay. Lawsuit. Okay. Okay. I mean, they probably think Derek is such a tool. Right? (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. This person attacks my family and where I'm from. If you do that, you get your ass beat. Okay, that's what he's saying in the police office. So Derek is fired up as all hell, right? Right. He starts taking this investigation into his own hands. He got around to putting up cameras like you suggested. Okay. Everywhere. Yeah. He looked into the history of all the properties in the neighborhood and tried to dig up as much information as he could about his neighbors and how long they had resided there and stuff like that. He also hired a private investigator to run background checks on everyone. Nobody's dark past was like real notable for any reason, although he did find two sex offenders in the neighborhood. Uh, little PSA. Everybody should be checking that. Mm-hmm, I do. Know- yeah, you should be knowing where they be living. It's not hard. Anyways, um, but the sex offenders were ruled out pretty early because I think they hadn't been in the neighborhood for very long. By the way, if you only have two sex offenders in your neighborhood, that's pretty good. It's a bougie neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty good neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, because they be everywhere. Okay, so John had a connection with the FBI agent that played, um, that was portrayed by Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, the Clarice character. They were both on some board together. You know that movie? Scariest movie ever. What is it? Silence of the Lambs. Oh, with the guy that down down in the... Anthony yes. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Jodie right? Foster, right? Wasn't yeah. it Jodie Foster? Yes. Oh, no. Michelle. Yes. Fo- Who was it? Yes, it was Jodie Foster. Oh, I just yeah. said that. Okay. I'm okay. Just... Try, try listening. I'm just trying to think think about it. Uh-huh. She's distracted, y'all, because she's doing an eye mask right now. I am. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm sitting here for an hour, so I have to put the gels on my eyeballs. Oh, oh no judgment. Double duty, right? <laughs> this is why we don't do YouTube anymore, because I can do this shit instead. Yeah. We've got things to pluck and mask. <laughs> the one was right. falling off. That's why um, I was... Uh, distracted from the Jodie Foster moment silence. momentarily yeah, yeah yeah okay so this uh you know Clarice woman she agreed I don't know if that's her real name but that was the name of her character in the movie okay mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna call her Clarice she agreed to look over the letters with another agent and profile the letter writer Based on the way the letters were worded and typed they thought the writer was likely a voracious reader. They noted that the writer didn't use profanity. And so they also concluded it was probably a less macho individual. They also suspected it could have been someone who had a thing for the Keanu Reeves movie, The Watcher, which I imagine most FBI agents are familiar with because it's about a serial killer who stalks the investigators trying to find him. 
Ew. Yeah, creepy. Yeah. Never watching that movie ever. Okay, because, you know, like we always say, I like realistic stuff. I hate fiction scares me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) It's so funny like that, right? Yeah. 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 Just is what it is. Okay. It is what it is. Okay. So given how freaked the fuck out the Brodises were now, they weren't going to move into the house. Okay. And they're definitely not taking their kiddos with them. Mm-hmm. Well, the watcher, no like that. The next letter they received said, 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass, for you to bring young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young bug play again, like I once did. Let the young bug sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. (laughs) Okay. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, he's giving a little more deeds, right? Okay. So at this point, Derek and Maria had decided to move in with Maria's parents while they pursue all their theories of who the Watcher could be. There were a couple um, of theories like it was a potential buyer of the house that was trying to like outs the Brodises. So their offer would be accepted, which is... Not a bad theory, right? Mm-hmm. But that was ruled out because everyone that was a potential buyer, you know, people that had made offers had already moved on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they looked into the family that lived there before the woods that had sold it to them. And the owners that were there were there for 30 years, but they were now dead. Their children were old and grown, but they said they had never heard of anything like The Watcher. And they only had wonderful memories of that house. A painter that was working at the house reported that he saw an elderly man in a lawn chair in his backyard facing the Brodus's property and not his own. And he thought that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. They learned that the couple with their lawn chairs had a child who was grown, obviously, who was married to someone who grew up in the Watcher house. Okay. 
Okay. But that little tidbit of information never went anywhere. Just a coinky dink. It all just kind of kept circling back to the Langford family. Derek admits he just couldn't let it go, that it had to be one of them somehow. They have the history in the neighborhood, plus they were unusual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to say fucking weird, but I mean, I don't know them, so I'm going to say unusual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the police gave them the okay to send the Langfords a letter saying that they were going to tear the house down, which they thought would incite some reaction in them, and then they would have proof. Right. But they didn't react but at all. it didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The police interviewed the Langfords again, and now they were getting pissed because they said there was no reason for them to be the focus of whatever crazy letter bullshit was going on, you Mm -hmm. know? They were eventually shown the letters and shown how from their property they had the view of the easel. Their response was, okay, build a high fence and leave us alone. (laughs) (laughs) Which you kind of can't blame them, you know, if they're innocent. It's like, you know. They're like, you're you're crazy. Yeah. What can you say, right? Yeah. So the letters were tested for DNA and some came back. Okay. This is where, this is what I like doing. I like okay. this kind of investigation. I just didn't think it was going there at right? first. But also yeah. you can really tell not a lot of crime happens in Westfield, right? I mean, they're getting a lot of police attention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was female DNA. Uh-huh. I I have been thinking it was a female the whole time. I don't know if you said she in the beginning, but I mean, this is extra. I know. We just kind of assume because yeah. you said they said my father, but I don't think they identify themselves. Yeah. Okay. okay. They went through the Langford's trash to get a sample mm-hmm. of their, you know, the daughter and the mom or whatever, but it wasn't a match. Side note, they also went and tested Andrea Woods, the seller of the house original seller, you know, whatever, the last one, DNA, no match there either. So they were at a dead end. What about all the neighbors? I imagine they tested as many as they could because they were doing the thing where they go through their trash. So now it's been, they've had the DNA tested. They've been to the police station multiple times. They've received three letters. It's been six months. They're living with their in-laws. They decide enough is enough. We want to sell the house. Okay. They don't want to deal with it. I'm down. Okay. Even though they had their priest come and bless it, which I think is a great idea, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They had top of the line security installed. Yeah. Didn't matter. Too, too much. Fear and anxiety one. Yeah. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. Right. Okay. So they listed it to reflect all the renovations, but they weren't getting any bites. Word had gotten out, despite them trying to keep the watcher's letters a secret so that um, they could investigate it. The Woods and the Landfergs, you know, like they knew about the letters or whatever, and they're telling people. So the streets be talking about why they did all this work 
and said they were going to move in to all the neighbors they met and then did not follow through. So the Broduses decided to be pretty transparent, offering to show interested parties parts of the letters and the full letters could only be viewed by serious potential buyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what they got for being honest was some real lowball offers. And they that offended them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the streets also started talking about how maybe the Broduses had buyer's remorse. And maybe they made the whole letter thing up. A lot of people still believe this, by the way. Um, I will say I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, mostly, be- I can't imagine anyone would actually make a plan to live with their in-laws on purpose. <laughs> mostly that is the reason. <laughs> okay. There is just no way. Okay. So they were not accepting that all of this letter bullshit also meant that they were going to have to take this huge financial hit. So they decided to hire a lawyer and sue the Woods for not disclosing that they had received a letter before the house closed. Which, Mm. I mean, that's weak sauce to me, right? Yeah, because I don't think that that letter to them had anything. Like, what are they going to do about it? There's not like oh, I have to tell the new owner that I got a letter about the house. I don't know. It just, just doesn't. And I think even if they would have seen it, for, you know, I the, think yeah, I don't they, they would have been like, you're so excited about buying your yeah. dream home. You would have been like, oh, whatever. We'll put up cameras. Yeah. I don't think I don't, it would have stopped them. Yeah, I don't think so. Because you don't think it's going to go to that extreme. No. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the record, I think that they handled this all wrong. I think that they should have put this person on blast. Like, put the letters on the Facebook page. I you know, know. I was thinking that too. Thing. I mean, you show them, you tell every, you get everyone on the neighborhood on your side. Mm-hmm. Instead, the neighborhood yeah. is like turning against them. Because they're like, you're going to bring down our property values with all this creepy letter business. You know, you got to get them to say, like, listen, we got to protect our children. There's some creep out there. Someone trying to harass us. Let's let them know everyone is watching you. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, you're right. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. 
Astapro and Go. It's faster pro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Hey listeners, I'm back again talking about Rakuten. Rakuten is where it's at. Rakuten is the smartest way to shop. Members earn cash back on everything they buy and can maximize savings by stacking cash back on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores like Walmart, Urban Outfitters, Expedia, places you already shop at for sure. So why not be saving while doing it? How it works is the stores pay Rakuten, a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Rakuten has over 17 million members saving, and Rakuten members have earned over 4.6 billion in cash back. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. Okay. Well, anyways, so back to the lawsuit. When they did that, their story got picked up by the media, which shocked them because they hadn't even told most of their friends the real reason why they hadn't moved in, which is like, that's a little crazy to me, too. Like I would be telling, (laughs) I I would be telling everyone. (laughs) I know, but I bet you they were kind of embarrassed. They're like, this is, this is weird. Yeah. Well, then that should show you. You are playing into this. You're feeding this beast. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe they didn't tell that many people because, of course, they didn't want their kids to know. And that part I get. Yeah. Okay. But with their story spelled out in the lawsuit documents, it kind of snowballed into, it's so bizarre, right? It snowballed into hundreds of media requests and a mention on the Today Show. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they decided to bounce from Westfield after they were mentioned on the Today Show to a friend's beach house where they decided they had to explain it all to their young children, which is tough. Mm -hmm. And with their story growing more and more popular, so did how much people just liked them in the neighborhood with all the attention that this meant for them. Randoms trying to find the watcher house, news vans driving up and down. And at this point, the police had told the Broduses that you got to let the Langford thing go. We've we've cleared them. It's not them but we're still investigating. And it sounds like they were. One night when they were doing some investigation, the police were parked down the street from the house and they observed a young woman parked on the street that stayed in her car long enough for them to run her plates. They found out that her boyfriend lived on the same block as the house. They eventually questioned her, and somehow it came out that her and her boyfriend were into some really dark video games, and one of the characters was called The Watcher. Watcher. Yeah. Okay. So they tried to get the boyfriend to come in for questions. Well, he agreed to come in twice, but he never showed up. Hmm. And, And there's nothing they can do, by the way. 
The police say they didn't have enough to force him. And so they just dropped it and moved on. By 2016, the lawsuit they filed against the Woods was still a thing, and they decided to buy another home in Westfield and move in. They continued to be the talk of the town. You know, letters to the editor were posted in the local paper, and they were distraught over how many people in the community thought they were all a fraud. And they thought that they even created this elaborate story to get a movie deal. They hadn't given any interviews at that point, and they had actually turned down a movie deal from Lifetime, which they, Lifetime actually eventually made an unauthorized, yeah, an unauthorized movie oh, about their story. Their shit. Okay, well, made some maybe, money off of it. Maybe that's coming. But at that point, they really just wanted to, like, raise their kids in a quiet community. Okay, I watched that Lifetime movie, though. I couldn't get past the first five minutes. It's <laughs> it's really bad. Sometimes they're good, and sometimes you're like, oh, my God, this acting is awful. It was, it was really bad. Okay. okay. They're in this other house. They decide, you know, we got to put the house up for sale again, and hopefully we'll find the right potential buyer if, you know, they're not scared. And there were potential buyers. But when they got to read the full letters, they backed out. Okay. Because they're scared. It's scary. They're scared, but they they reduced the price of the house a lot. So they could have gotten a real good deal. Okay. Okay. So they looked at the Brodus's start looking into other options, making it a halfway house or tearing mm-hmm. it down and subdividing the property for a developer. All these ideas were shut down by the city. Yeah, I assume. Especially yeah. in that kind of neighborhood. Yeah. People were really hostile towards them. Their daughter, you know, came home and told them that her friend's parents would say, my parents say no matter what you tell me, Westfield is safe. <laughs> like that poor okay. child. Yeah. yeah. You know, right? Okay. And it's kind of whack that everyone is so concerned about whether or not the Brodises are in for a big payday and not about a uh, potential creeper in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> right. But at last, the Brodus family got news that a family that had big dogs with grown children, were willing to rent the house. Okay. Okay. They'd been paying the mortgage on this damn house for two and a half years. Okay. So they were relieved. The only caveat was on the lease. It stated that if they got a letter, they could move. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I'd take my chances at this point. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, two weeks after they moved in, they got a letter. Damn it. Yeah. The letter read, Vile winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. The letter said, Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe do you know and are too scared to tell anyone? Good move. 
I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house and attempted to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. And the attempt to tear down the house, 657 Boulevard, survived your attempted assault and stood strong with my army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with all my orders. All hail the Watcher. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you fall sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher won. (laughs) Okay, the renter actually agreed to stay. After he read well, this letter. because yeah. that letter was kind of not to him. Yeah, the letter sounds like a kid throwing a tantrum. <laughs> it's like, okay, right? Yeah. Okay. But he did tell them he wants more cameras. Okay. Oh, fair, right? Yep. So the Brodus family decided after years of all this, you know, public scrutiny to tell their story to the New York Times which is where I got, you know, most of this information. And it included excerpts of the letters, which were not included in the lawsuit. So it was like, finally, people can see why they were so creeped out. Within weeks of the story being published, which I think really validated their story because it talked about them, you know, personally and all the stress and everything that this had caused them, you know, financial stress, emotional stress, everything. And it talked about what good people they are, how involved they are with church and various charities. Like, they don't seem like the type of people that would plot this whole thing out to chase a movie deal. Mm -hmm. They just don't, you know. But that's what they got after weeks of the article being published. There was a bidding war for the rights to their story, and Netflix won. Ryan Murphy is making a series about it. It's coming out October 11th, I think. And I can't wait. It's not a documentary. It's like a kind of a spoof of the story. Okay. Okay. It's, um, I watched the trailer, Jennifer Coolidge, who I love, you know, she's in like Legally Blonde and Best in Show. You know who I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. She's awesome. She is playing the realtor. I mean, it looks like it's going to be creepy and funny. So the update is both the Brodises and the reporter that they trusted with their story from the New York Times received very nice paydays, right? So I'm happy they got their money back. Mm-hmm. One way, one way or another, because they took a big hit. But um, the status of the house as of July 2019 was that they had finally sold it at a loss for nine hundred and fifty nine thousand. So they had bought the house for one point three. Yeah. Okay. 
and put about $400,000 oh. into renovations. So that's quite a loss. Yeah. So huge. They, they needed that Netflix deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, can we back up for a second? Yes. Did we find out who the watcher was? No. Okay. It doesn't appear that the new owners have received any letters from the watcher. Before the sale happened, Derek, this is kind of funny. Okay. Derek admitted to the New York Times in the article that there was a point when he lost his shit with all the attacks from the neighborhood from people that, you know, hardly knew or had never met him. Yeah. I mean, people were saying like really vengeful things about them. So he he wrote an anonymous letter that um, included stories about recent acts of like domestic terrorism and mental illness. And he put it in all these um, mailboxes mailboxes and signed it friends of the Brodus family. He says he regrets doing it. But he also also says like, but that is the only anonymous letter I've ever written. Written. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think? I mean, no, they still have no idea who it is. It could still be the Langfords. It could still be those bizarre people with the lawn chairs. It could be these video game people. I don't know. It could be somebody that just has seen the house on Google Maps. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I think it it was a neighbor. I think it was somebody just, you know, it's like a crank caller. I think that the lesson learned is they handled it all wrong. They let them get the best of them. Yeah. I mean, it is super. It is creepy, but I think they should have put them on blast before they got the second letter. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm up here on my high horse. I mean, dude. So I cannot, thank God. Okay, you guys. So I'm friends with my neighbor across the street. She's awesome. We had something kind of bizarre happen in our neighborhood. She doesn't listen to the podcast, thank God, because this would freak her the fuck out. Okay, somebody was walking past her house and she caught it. They were walking back and forth and she thought it was a little bizarre, right? So she opened the door and is like, hey, can I help you? And it was somebody that was dressed like a child, but it was clearly an adult. And they had a backpack on. And so she's got all this security, you know, like whatever. And something happened to her security system when they would walk past a certain place. And I don't know. She knows some law enforcement or something. And she talked to them and they said, oh, that person has like a Wi-Fi scrambler. Mm. something crazy. So she is like, okay, white van parked on the corner. I don't know who they are. <laughs> like <laughs> next level ever since that thing happened. Yeah. She is freaked out. And I am sitting over here going, I'm so happy you're freaked out because now I don't have to be because <laughs> this girl has so many cameras and her eye on everything. She is worried enough for all of us, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm glad she is because I think she's on. She's the watcher right now. Watching your neighborhood. Yeah, that's right. She's the watcher. Yeah, she's a great neighbor, though. Yeah. 
All right. I have to jet because uh, my daughter is in the National Charity League and we have a um, oh hot damn a charity event to go to, which is actually we're just cheering on the special needs kids at a baseball game. So I have to get over there because I don't have enough baseball with my own actual children in your own life going to go cheer on some others um so and i have to be there in four minutes and i just took my uh eye patches off do i look refreshed yeah you look refreshed don't even kill it i don't even have time to take a shower anyways guys thank you so much for listening if you have noticed if you listen on apple there is a new subscription link and that will take you to our bonus pages as much which is what we also put on Patreon on Thursdays. We have an extra episode that we chit chat. And then once a month, we tell a bonus crime. This last week, we talked about Sherry Papini, Adnan Syed, Adam Levine. You know, we go all over the place, but it's um, the current news of the day or the week. And if you have not given us a five-star review and you would like to, we would very much appreciate it. And please tell your friends or your frenemies about us so they can start listening too. And we appreciate all you guys and have a wonderful week. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.